This podcast is part of the Garnet Media Group Podcast Network. Garnet Media Group is a partnership between the student-run media outlets at the University of South Carolina. Find out more about Garnet Media Group's podcast and other student work on garnetmedia.org. My name is Matt. And I'm Mac. And this is Sip of Success. Hey everyone. Happy post-exam week. And now it's summer. Obviously not very traditional. Summer how we uh, are going into it. But Mac, how are you today? Pretty good. You know, allergies in Columbia, man. They're just like killing me. Yeah. <laughs> but besides your, that, I'm pretty good. How were your online exams? They were annoying. But we got through them. Grades are not that bad. You pass plus option if I so decide. How are yeah. your online exams, Matt? Pretty good. Yeah, not bad. Um, I feel like I've had uh, online exams in the past, so it hasn't been horrible, but... That's true. How was being outside of Atlanta? Nice. Again, the allergies, too. <laughs> yeah. But you know, obviously now that it's summer, and unless you're taking summer classes, there's not really much to do, which is the focus of our podcast today. Um, also, just talking about professionalism, but... Mac, before we go into it, what are your, do you have summer plans as of, or did you have summer plans? Yeah, I was, I applied for a couple of internships, but of course at MUSC, but of course all of those got canceled. Um, so now, since my MCAT has been rescheduled now for the third time, <laughs> I am just decided to, I'm going to tutor for the Student Success Center, and then I'm going to um, continue to study for my MCAT in the hopes that eventually I'll get to take it. Yeah, no, same way. What are your my- summer plans? My summer plans as of now are nothing. So we're working, yeah. <laughs> we're working on that. Hopefully summer classes. But yeah. I had, like, like you did, I had an internship and then that fell through as well. Mm. But today we have a special guest on who is coming to talk to us about how we can kind of fill our summer um, and make up for these, you know, lost internships and how to stay on top of things when, when we have all the time in the world probably and also... Mm. We, but then again, we really can't do anything about it other than so what we can do from home. So we have Sharisha on today, who is from the journalism school. Um, you're our career services manager. And I, are you through the career center, Sharisha? No, I'm actually just in the college. So I'm totally operated in the college. We do work with the career center a lot, but mm-hmm. not really an arm of the, of the career center. Okay. I wasn't sure, but I know I'm a journalism major, so PR, so I get all of your emails and you're great. So if you just want to introduce, like tell us a little bit about yourself and your role um, in the J school. Absolutely. Um, So thank you guys so much for having me on. This is an honor and a privilege. Um, My name is Sharisha Mazunuri. I'm the career services manager for College of Information and Communication. So that includes School of Journalism and Mass Comm, as well as School of Library and Information Science. A um, little bit about me, um, originally from Orangeburg, South Carolina, um, went to the University of Richmond for undergrad, um, so went far away, spread the wings. Um, I did a one-year master's program at Duke, um, also got a master's in higher education um, here from USC, and then uh, I worked in the career center for two years, and then um, it was always my dream to work in the J school, actually. It was like the coolest thing I could imagine. I worked with some J school students um, and public health and other places like that, and uh, 
J-School was always my favorite, favorite group. Um, no disrespect to the other colleges or, or schools out there, but um, just some of the kindest, most creative, humble students I'd ever met. So um, this was kind of a dream come true when, when this job came open. Um, and so I was so surprised and, and uh, excited when they offered me the job. So that was actually March of last year. So it's been a year, um, kind of weird, like way to celebrate your one year anniversary in quarantine. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Not the best, but um, it's it's been an eventful eventful year. Um, fun fact about me, I love Beyonce. So if anybody ever wants to, <laughs> to talk to me about homecoming or Michella or any of those things, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> always available for conversation about Beyonce, but only pro-Beyonce, okay. not anti-Beyonce. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, thank you for that. Um, and obviously, I'm sure you've probably been hearing a lot of students getting canceled internships, but what have you been doing in a, in a J school, like with your virtual, have you done any virtual programming, mm -hmm. uh, virtual consultations? Like how are you adapting to the situation? Yeah, I know that's a great question. So first of all, I just want to say it's been crazy. I can't imagine what it was like maybe like in 2008. So I don't know if there's anything to compare it to, but um, just like the, how fast everything has changed. I mean, I feel like mm -hmm. I even have like whiplash from all this to be honest. Like, I was actually traveling for work the week of spring break um, and then like didn't go back to work after spring break and like just like you guys. Um, and so it was really weird. I think it was one of those things we all thought would kind of go away very quickly or was just sort of temporary and then it's just kind of been sustaining and, and that's been really confusing for us too. And I think, I think we're all just trying to adapt, but I do want to applaud um, all of you guys, because this is not easy, you know, it's not really comparable to anything. Like there's nothing probably my parents went through that's similar. Um, and I know it can be really hard and kind of like, I feel like there's this kind of cognitive dissonance because it's sort of like, oh, well, I'm doing my work, but I'm at home or I'm in my apartment in Columbia or whatever. It just doesn't feel the same. And and so it is super hard. So I think we should acknowledge how hard all of this is to have your internships be canceled, to have your plans be canceled. Some people have jobs that have been canceled. Um, so, so first of all, it is really, really, really tough. Um, a couple of things we've been doing um, in the college is we've been trying to do some virtual programming, like you said. So we did two webinars um, that I can send you the links. They're up on our YouTube channel if anybody wants to watch those. Mm -hmm. um, so we were really, really um, privileged to have Weber Shanwick join one of them. So Weber Shanwick, if you don't oh, know, awesome. is like, yeah, it's like a huge PR agency, like one of the most prestigious PR agencies in the mm -hmm. entire world. Um, I actually was visiting them the week of spring break, and um, one of their alums, uh, one of our alums, sorry, works there from 2018. Um, she was a PR grad. Her name's Eliza Lynch. Oh, awesome. um, yeah, she's amazing. She did like their post-grad internship program. Um, so yeah, so we've been really fortunate. We've had a lot of really strong employer relationships in the college. Um, so we have a lot of alumni and a lot of folks who are just invested in helping you guys. Um, so that's been really heartening for me to see. Like I've gotten a lot of emails being like, hey, we know your students must be having a hard time right now. What can we do to help? which is just so nice because like people don't have to do that because you know they're probably struggling with their own budgets and layoffs mm. and all kinds of other things so it's it's really really speaks to like our program and 
how strong it is that people want to give back like that. So anywho, so we did um, a webinar on the job search in general with a few folks from Weber Shanwick. Um, that was the week, I think it was like the last week of March. Um, and so that one was really cool. I know there's always like technology to learn. So I know we didn't have as many people jump on, but hopefully with those up on YouTube, that's, that's helpful. Um, and then we also did a second webinar, um, I think it was like April 13th or something like that. I can't be getting that date wrong. But anywho, um, that one was on interviewing with this really nice gentleman named Andrew McLean, who's a friend of the dean, who's on our dean's council, and he owns an advertising agency in New York. Um, and so he talked about interviewing. He kind of gave all of his tips. Like he's interviewed like thousands of people. Mm -hmm. In his life, which was really, really neat that he felt comfortable to like share with us and wanted to share with us like what have been like the best things people have done in an interview or been like the worst things people have done in an interview that you should never do. So um, really, really great to have have those folks join us. Um, I'm always just like trying. I always struggle to be honest, like with knowing how much to engage, you know, without being annoying um, and not like inundating your email because you guys get enough emails as it is. Um, so I've been, I've been trying to stay engaged with some of our employers. So for example, like we sent out something to all of them and was like, hey, who's gonna take interns this summer? Like, what are you thinking about? What are you feeling? Can we help in any way? And then just kind of like shared that out widely with the students mm -hmm. it doesn't sound like the most organized way to do it but I was like you know what people just need to know and it doesn't matter if it's like pretty and clean we just want to share and know and so we've been really trying to do that like kind of shorten the distance between employers and students just because it doesn't need to be complicated um, and then just like my weekly emails so I've been trying to do those as much as I can and send out opportunities like I've been scouring the internet for opportunities for students to put in the newsletter and to put in my weekly emails. Um, so yeah, so we've been doing a lot of things, trying to stay engaged um, and trying to give you guys some hope and, you know, kind of terrible times. Yeah, no, that's awesome. Thank you, yeah. That is awesome. I mean, speaking from a student's perspective, it can be honestly like terrifying to think about your yeah. internship, which will, especially not as much for me, um, but mm -hmm. I know that I have friends who an internship is literally a way to get to a job. And if you right. have it canceled over the summer, you can't really do it during the school year. So you, right. that, that opportunity has just been taken from you after you've worked to apply, you've worked to keep your GPA up. Yeah. Um, especially, I mean, my year, we're going into senior year now. This is a big summer mm -hmm. for a lot of my friends. And Absolutely. to not have an internship because of some, I guess, mm -hmm. quote, freak thing that mm -hmm. they can't exactly help is has been mm -hmm. rough. It's been, it's been hard for a lot of us. Um, but there are, there are a couple of things that I want to ask. And I don't know, um, obviously within the realm of like every major, but also within the realm mm -hmm. of my major, I feel like something that's really hard. I, I want to go to med school. And um, so it's always been interesting to me about like, like Matt and I have talked about it several times, like the distinctions between what I have to do and what Matt has to do. And mm. like the professionalism aspect of like I go to lab and I will wear leggings and a t-shirt, but he doesn't go to interview to interviews in um, anything less than a suit. So can you just kind of talk about professionalism and what you think the lines are and how, if there's ways to work on it at home or just any really, any thoughts that you have about that? 
Yeah. So when you say professionals, you mean like in dress and things like that, kind of like outward appearance? Dress, yeah. Like what you should have to make yourself seem professional to a business, especially now that a lot of students aren't having that opportunity to prove themselves mm-hmm. in, an, in an internship. You know, that's a really good question. It's it's something that baffles me a lot because I think I, I'm i kind of the tail end of the generation that's like dress for the job you want, not the job you have. Like you hear people mm-hmm. say that sometimes. But you know what's really fascinating is it's so di- – like just like what you said, it's so different across the board. Like I'll give you an example. So last uh, May uh, – we were supposed to go this May, but it got canceled um, – there's a May master class that goes to New York, kind of focused on advertising, broadcast, PR, and we visit several ad agencies, companies, things like that. So, um, I mean, really some of the most prestigious places in the world, which is incredible that we like know people and have alums there. And so, anywho, so, um, you know, I'm like dressed up, you know, like to go to all these places, the students are dressed up, they're in suits and, you know, dresses and blazers and all types of stuff. And we go in there and it's the craziest thing ever because the people who are like on these panels who are talking to us are literally in sweatpants. <laughs> literally in sweatpants <laughs> and leggings and like, you know, and it's so weird. It's kind of like this like quasi college environment. People are like pulling all nighters <laughs> like, like, yeah. there and it's, and we were, it was funny because me and like, some of the faculty were talking about this and we were like, how can we tell students, you know, mm-hmm. that you're disqualified for dressing a certain way when when you start the job, you might, you know, be dressing like how you mentioned, like in leggings and like a t-shirt. So all that to say, my my opinion, which some people do disagree with, but my opinion is obviously for an interview, you want to dress up, right? So mm-hmm. I'm sure most people kind of know what that looks like, but, you know, for a guy, definitely want to wear the full suit, tie, combo socks dress shoes for a girl it's actually becoming more progressive which is exciting to me as someone who really enjoys being comfortable comfort is like a big value of mine in terms of dress um but you're seeing it be more common to wear like a dress and a blazer there's obviously nothing low cut um you know you don't have to go the whole like stocky suit route if you don't Mm -hmm. want to so interviewing i feel like is the one area where it's kind of stagnant and has stayed the same um but it, it really varies so much based on your industry. And I, I think that's something where we're going to have to continue to adapt. Um, I will say, I think the professionalism really applies more than ever, especially because we're all at home to your uh, personal brand and like your online identity, if that makes sense. Mm. So a couple of like words of advice. Um, you know, I have a work Twitter and I have a personal Twitter. Mm-hmm. Does anyone know what my personal Twitter is? No. <laughs> Can they find me? Probably not. Is it private? Yes. So I'm not saying that you, I'm not saying you should only use social media in like this kind of sanitized professional way, right? Like that's not, that's not fun. That's not enjoyable. That's not authentic. Um, mm. But, you know, if you have a public page, people are going to look for it. People are going to find it. Um, should it be disqualifying? I think that's a different conversation. I don't personally think it should. I have, I think everyone has rights to their own opinions and to being, have their free speech online. That's kind of a separate conversation. But um, I think, you know, just, just make your page private, basically. Like, if you don't want people to see what's on there, just make your page private. It's okay. Like, you know, that's all right. I think in terms of, like, LinkedIn profile, that is – 
that should be top notch in my opinion. So everything you want people to see, the way you want people to perceive you, that all should be reflected there. And I think that's way more important, especially in 2020, than how you look in an interview. You know what I mean? Or how you might come dressed to the office. I think if, if you're presenting yourself professionally, if you know how to talk to people, if you have a good brand online, I think that's, I think that's enough personally yeah so yeah, following sure. up with that <laughs> i don't i don't actually have a linkedin um it's unlike i guess the business school and the pr school we've never or the journalism school we've never been like told or coached on having a linkedin or really how to even write an email um i've kind of mm-hmm. figured all of that out obviously as sure. i've gone along but i sure. find like a lot of my peers kind of have it um so do you think that uh who wants to go to either I guess graduate school or medical school that a LinkedIn is a way is the way to go I mean I don't really I have job connections but it would be like the doctor's office I work for over the summer or the lab Mm -hmm. that I do this in or the volunteer opportunities that I have so I just feel like it's kind of a different thing right Um, obviously we have never been coached on it like the Mm -hmm. journalism and business schools have so right do you have any thoughts on that well, I think we could definitely do a better job coaching on LinkedIn. I'll say that. I don't know if Matt has any any thoughts about that, but um, I, I wish that was something that was like, oh my gosh, my dream would be to like have an entire class just about that where mm-hmm. everybody would have to like leave with this pristine LinkedIn profile. That's something our dean cares about a lot. Um, but to answer your question, I think there is definitely a different standard for somebody who's going to grad school in terms of what their LinkedIn profile looks like versus somebody's looking for a job. Um, you know, I think in our field and communications, networking is how the majority of people get jobs. And personal brand is obviously like very important when you're talking about people who communicate for a living. Yeah, like they're gonna want your, your LinkedIn profile to look really good. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think there is a difference. However, um, it's just one of those things that everyone has to invest time into. Um, I think, again, the stakes are higher for people who are looking for a job, but absolutely um, everyone should, at least by like senior year of college, you should have like a very, very professional LinkedIn profile. And it really walks you through how to do it, which is which is the nice part of the, the website is it tells you like, hey, you need to like add these things to like reach the end of the, of this uh, spectrum to get the stars, so on, so on, so on, so on. Um, so yeah, I don't remember the last part of your question. I'm sorry, got sidetracked. Oh no, it's fine. I think I think you answered it honestly. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah, and I just a follow up. So I know obviously everyone has a lot of time on their hands right now, but what are and obviously like LinkedIn's a big thing for sure for like all students, um, but especially ones looking for jobs and stuff. But mm-hmm. you know, there's no jobs out there right now, but. With all the time that people have, what are some good ways that they can increase and work on professionalism during mm-hmm. a time like this? Like, what are some things, like, I know there's a lot of certifications out there. Yep, yep. You know, you see ads for, like, master class, like the online courses and things like that. Right. LinkedIn, LinkedIn Premium. So what are some ways right. that you think would be good for students to do over the summer? Absolutely. Um, I remember what I was going to say now, Mac. Um, mm-hmm. So I you mentioned, like, you would only have a few people to add, like, your doctor's office and a few other mm-hmm. people or the doctor's office where you work, sorry. Um, So the great thing about LinkedIn is it's essentially like everyone you know, like in real life is already a network, right? So it's just kind of digitizing 
the network you already have like in real life if that makes sense so mm. like obviously we all know each other now so we could all add each other on linkedin so that way if you know um let's say down the line um matt says hey you know Sharisha, i see that you're connected with this really awesome alum would you mind making an introduction for me the idea is you only want to connect with people you actually know in real life because you can't really make a connection for someone with someone else you've never met you know what i mean so if matt came to me and said can you introduce me to this person but i never met him i don't know anything about him i wouldn't feel really comfortable doing that right mm -hmm. so i would be like mm, i don't really know you i don't want to add you on linkedin if i've never met you mm -hmm. obviously i add all of our students that's not an issue for me but you know in real life you kind of want to add people who you know authentically so like a good one good thing you can do that's super easy is you can add me obviously but you can also add like your professors right like that's actually like a secret gold mine that people don't talk about a lot especially in the in the journalism school um because so many of the professors have their own professional networks that they're really connected with whether that's like prsa or something like that um and then they also are probably connected to a bunch of alumni that you would never meet you know except mm -hmm. for the fact that that they're like a mutual friend if that makes sense so mm -hmm. that's one really easy thing you can do is just just like when you add any social media platform like when you made your instagram page for the first time you kind of go through and you add your friends and they're like oh wow like oh let me add her page and like let me follow this person and let me add this person to my friend on facebook that kind of thing if you just slowly slowly build that up mm -hmm. and before you know it you're gonna have like hundreds of connections and that helps tremendously when you're looking for a job because if you want to work at a place and you know someone who knows someone who works there it's a little bit easier for you to kind of get that introduction than if you're just kind of starting brand new and you don't know anybody there so that's that's one thing um i, I would say in general just like spending some time like spend a couple of days just working on your linkedin profile um the way i describe your linkedin profile is it's kind of like a resume and a portfolio put together so the cool thing about LinkedIn is just like how um, I can go on and see your page and I can just type your name in, you can also do that for other people. So you can always go and look at someone's page who you might admire and be like, oh, well, like what was their first internship? You know, so that's kind of the mm -hmm. cool, cool feature of it. So just anything you have on your resume should also be on your LinkedIn profile. So that's mm -hmm. one thing that I see a lot of people kind of miss out on is they don't think that like the bullet points from their resume should go on their LinkedIn profile, but they absolutely should. Mm -hmm. Absolutely 100% should. Um, another cool thing is you can upload like examples of your work. So like for Matt, that's like a presentation you gave or like some graphic you generated or something. Then you can put samples of that stuff right in your LinkedIn profile. So you can do that like under experience. You can do that like under the little contact information section there's a whole bunch of ways you can do it so especially for our students who have a lot of work samples like advertising um viscom those folks would have a lot matt will probably have more writing related mm -hmm. things you can put all that in there so that's really cool so if someone's scouring linkedin right like if i'm an employer i work at a pr agency and i'm like oh like somehow i stumble upon your profile then I, it saves me so many steps because I can already see your work. 
I can already see your resume. And then maybe I might just reach out to you and try to schedule an interview over LinkedIn because I've already kind of eliminated the first couple steps of having to review your resume and having to look at your work, if that kind of makes sense that way. So yeah, so yeah that's, that's a couple of things. Um, I know you mentioned softwares and stuff too. Um, I think this is what I've been telling people. This is a great, great time to work on your skill set. So whatever that is for you, um, if there's any like softwares related to your field, this is a really good time to work on those. And then once you're comfortable kind of with some of those platforms, then you can add those to your resume, add those to your LinkedIn profile. So from the journalism side, um, a lot of social media platforms, like I don't know if you guys would know of these, but like there's um like TweetDeck is one where you can like post to Twitter, like schedule tweets. Um, TweetSuite, H-O-O-T-S-U-I-T-E is another really good one. Um, any social media analytic tools, um, there's several. There's ones like Sprout, S-P-R-O-U-T, mm -hmm. uh, and then Meltwater is another really good one. So just like taking the time to just like spend an afternoon, spend a couple of days, just like watching YouTube tutorials of these kinds of things, you know, get a free trial, play around with it, practice some of your skills. And then, I mean, that's, that's like kind of the equivalent of taking a short class on that. You know what I mean? And so mm -hmm. anytime you start an internship or something, if they say they require skills, they're not really going to require you to be like, a pro at it but they want to know that you have somewhere to start from so that's going to mm. help you in the long run to be able to like kind of have that stuff on there mm. yeah i think i i have a hootsuite i've done that before so i think that's a great one yeah uh, and that's definitely a good idea for a lot of stuff and i know i have friends that are like learning how to code and stuff just for fun mm, wow that's but great. i know obviously linkedin i know we've been talking about it a lot but there's linkedin premium and everyone gets like a one month free trial which is great but I'm sure that you've looked into like everything that they have, but do you recommend like using their like class in like, I know it's not like certifications, but it's kind of like managing soft skills, but then they have like, everything all the way down to things like coding. Do you recommend using like LinkedIn as a platform for learning? Ooh, that's a good idea. I, to be honest with you, I haven't looked into that terribly. I used to look at like, I remember when I was in grad school, we would use lynda.com, but I think lynda.com okay. is like in LinkedIn now. Mm -hmm. um so i think that if they have some of the tutorials that you're looking for like sure um although in terms of linkedin premium in general um so like i have linkedin premium for work and i think the main benefit for me is that i can message people on linkedin like you get like unlimited or so many messages to people on linkedin mm -hmm. um i don't know i don't think you have to get it i think a lot of people sort of pressure themselves to get it when they're in the job search and it feels can be expensive, you know, I don't think you yeah. have to, I'll put it that way. Um, and I think in terms of the LinkedIn learning, I think a lot of that same stuff is on YouTube, um, to be honest with you. I mean, mm -hmm. that's, I just feel like it's more affordable and it's a little more accessible that way. Um, and I, whatever is, is easier for you, but I don't think one is necessarily better than the other. I mm -hmm. mean, as long as you're like putting in the effort and the time, like you can still totally learn that stuff mm -hmm. for free or for like very little cost. Um, so yeah, so I don't know if you need to splurge on those things as much. Yeah, for sure. Mm -hmm. I think you're right. A lot of stuff is on YouTube, which is nice. Yeah. Mm -hmm. One thing, so to students who are, I guess, graduating 
virtually mm. now like they're done with college for that are still in the that are i guess just starting the job search what are like your recommendations because obviously like number one the economy is kind of mm-hmm. or just everything in general stands still with right. it but where do you kind of start in a situation like this or in what are you telling your students absolutely so again like the the job search is super hard right now um because there's just so much uncertainty um i will say that i think sometimes we are really hard on ourselves in the job search and we we think it's it's kind of like a sprint you know and what i say is it's really so much more like a marathon like even in normal times you know and we we, we could do a better job of explaining that and sharing that and i think that falls on falls on us a little bit um but i think um you know like i'll take journalism school students for example i think a lot of students you know especially last semester would come into my office and say oh my gosh like you know i'm not even anywhere close to having a job um you know so many of my friends in like business school or other majors have been offered jobs or offered internships i feel like i'm so behind and you know it's kind of a slippery slope to like get sad and like kind of beat up on yourself and and so i think um one thing is to kind of like rationalize your expectations because what i've seen and what the faculty have told me over and over again is besides broadcast which kind of tends to be a little different most of our students don't actually even get jobs in a normal economy until 3 or 4 months after graduation like that's in a normal time in a normal mm. time the majority of our students who are not pursuing grad school don't walk across the stage with a job in may or december or whenever um so that's one thing to keep in mind that i feel like a lot of times people have this idea of like i'm a failure if i don't walk across the stage with a job or with a plan right and so i think it's really easy to think that but really the the truth is majority of people are not walking across the stage with a job especially people who maybe want to relocate to a bigger city which a lot of students do um that takes time right it's not mm-hmm. something that happens really quickly i think the challenge with the job search is it's it's very long right so it's meant to be long in nature so that the length can be super tiring you know like it it it's it, the only thing we really have to compare it to is the internship search the internship search is like 100% different you know um so the internship search is like i applied for an internship i got an interview I got the internship all probably within let's say a month sometimes that happens mm-hmm. whereas the job search is so much more competitive and it's really like an exam it's like a test mm-hmm. of like all of the stuff you've learned all your career skills resume writing cover letter writing interviewing networking um the job offer negotiation job negotiation all of that stuff compounded into one and then you're doing it like multiple times if that makes sense. So, anywho, all of that to say, it is it is super hard. Um one thing that I advise people to do is think about their preferences, right? So, I kind of like put these things into four buckets. So, think about your preferences in terms of like location, right? So, for some people, like we know a lot of students from like the New York area, so they'll say, I want to relocate to New York. That's the most important thing for me. Right? Living in New York is the most important thing for me. Okay, great. So we know location, New York, 
New York location is number one for you. Okay. Number two is what kind of job duties you want to have, right? So I think personally, this is the most important one because this is what you're going to spend all your time doing, right? So like when you go into the office at 8.30 or 9, what are you doing from then until the time you leave, yeah. right? That's your job duties, right? So if your job is to write press releases, X, Y, Z things, what do you want your job duties to be? That's really important information. Okay, number three, what industry do you want to work in? Right? So industry would be like some people tell me they only want to work in sports. Right? I get that a lot. I get that a lot. That people only want to work in sports, only want to work in fashion. Okay, so then that means industry is your number one preference. Right? But it's, what's important to keep in mind is you can't have four number one preferences yeah right like you have to decide what is number one so that's sometimes the thing that i think people are uncomfortable with is deciding like making a choice but the job search is all about choices it's all about like i'm choosing this at the expense of this oh. and understanding you are giving up other things because this thing is more important you know yeah. so anywho so and then number four, I would say, in my opinion, least important, but also somewhat important, um, is work culture, right? So what does that mean? That means like, I wanna work in an office that's like flexible and I can work from home, or I can wear sweatpants. Mm -hmm. That's a good one, you know, or that has a lot of young people. I get that one a lot. I wanna work with an yeah. office that has a lot of young people. <laughs> <laughs> which is not always all possible. I totally get that. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, so looking at those, those four things, industry, job duties, uh, location, culture. Yeah. So figuring out of those four things, what is most important to you, mm -hmm. right? So once you kind of have an idea of that, what I encourage people to do is make a list. So I call it a target list. So it's, so much of the job search is research. Again, people don't like to hear this part, but it really is. There's so much of it has to be you knowing what you want, right? And then figuring out who offers that. So your target list can be like 10, 20 companies, however many you choose, that fit your criteria, right? Yeah. And then once we kind of have that whittled down, then we can build a strategy. We can help you find alumni who might work there, right? So I was talking to someone yesterday, she lives in Greenville, South Carolina, amazing student. Um, and we were like talking and I was like, okay, well like there's like 10 heavy hitters in Greenville. So that's not that hard to figure out, you know? And then all we have to do is like be really focused and after them and say, okay, well, what jobs are they offering? Who do I know there? Who can introduce me to someone there? How can I make myself the best applicant? So on, so on, so on, so on. But that's kind of the objective. I think the hardest part with the job search is knowing where to direct your energy, mm -hmm. you know, because otherwise, again, it's a very slippery slope. And I don't think I, I wish I brought the numbers. I think like 80% of people get their jobs through networking their first jobs. So kind of this idea of like, Oh, well, I'm just going to apply on LinkedIn or I'm just going to apply on handshake and someone's just going to contact me for an interview and I'm going to magically get this job when there's a zillion applicants, right? It's not the most fruitful strategy. 
you know? So the, the more you can make it about networking, showing somebody your value more than just like hitting easy apply on LinkedIn and hoping that you're picked from this like gigantic pile. It doesn't mean it doesn't happen. It does happen to some people, but you want to give yourself the best shot. So I think that's, that would be what I would say. Yeah. And no, I think that's, I think that's like very true. Everything, a lot of stuff comes from networking and just one like final question, kind of yeah. a, a big one, but what's your biggest takeaway for students right now, especially in biggest piece of advice that you could give them for things to do this summer or just into like starting, like I know you mentioned starting a job search or not, mm -hmm. not having an internship. What's your biggest takeaway? For students looking for internships and jobs? Both. Um, yeah, just like in general, um, in general okay. you like students leaving college that are starting the job search or students who might have, you know, people obviously don't have anything to do right now. So mm -hmm. what's your biggest piece of advice for them kind of just to fill their time and either start looking for a job internship mm -hmm. or just getting ready for whatever might come next as everything kind of rebounds. Yeah, that's a really good, that's a really good point. Um, I would say as much as you can, try to, to stay busy and focus on building your skill set. And so that's, that's really, it's so hard for me to whittle it down to one thing. Um, but you know, I was like, the person I was talking to yesterday is a visual communications major. And I told her, I was like, I don't even care if you have clients, like you just need to be building work and like adding to your portfolio. Right. So I guess the, the main thing I would say is like, you don't want to lose your skill set in the midst of all this, right? So like keep building. Um, so one of our students who I work with really, really closely, um, who his name's Josh German, um, he's a mass comm major and Josh is graduating in May um, and uh, got placed to work at this like really incredible advertising agency in San Francisco. Um, anywho, so Josh is always kind of the example I use. He is constantly teaching himself skills. So like, I remember we were talking um, like in November or something. And I was like, Oh, what are you going to do over break? And he was like, Oh, I'm going to teach myself video editing. I was wow. like, what? You're going to do that over break. And you know, that's just like using your time wisely and knowing that it's really easy to slip, right? It's really easy to get sad. It's really easy to get in your head. It's really easy to feel like, Oh my gosh, when is this going to be over? Like the news is not helpful, right? In that regard, kind of mm -hmm. not much of a mood booster at the moment. Um, but just, you know, keep practicing your skills. So like for our PR students, keep practicing your writing. Give yourself some challenging things. You know, give yourself some work to do if you're not doing any online classes. Just make sure you're keeping your skill set alive and active because that's going to be the thing that goes the easiest and the fastest is you know, your ability to write copy, your ability to write press releases and different blurbs and social media copy, things like that, the ability to make graphics. That's the stuff you want to just keep practicing and keep doing. And it helps you to channel your energy into something productive, you know? Mm -hmm. um, and the thing is, it's like, once you get an interview, that's what they're going to ask you to do anyway. You know, they're going to ask you to do a writing test. They're going to ask to see examples of your work. So the more that you can kind of spring into action, I think the, the better and the, the easier it makes that transition. So you're not like, wait, what do I have to do again? Like, what is AP style again? Like trying to like relearn all of that stuff. Um, and it helps you to, to keep from being too much in your head too. Yeah, no, I think that's awesome. I think you're right. It is very easy to like slip and also just get distracted too right now. Yeah. 
with yeah, news absolutely. and stuff. Um, yes. but thank you so much for coming on and giving us your advice for everything. I know this is for students right now. I think, you know, we obviously, like you said earlier, we didn't expect this to be like a long-term mm -hmm. thing and mm -hmm. so many plans have been upended, but I think like Max, mm -hmm. too, like, especially for kids going into senior year, like missing mm -hmm. out on a lot, but there still mm -hmm. is a lot of like things to do and hope out there, but thank you mm -hmm. so much for coming. Yeah. Out. Thank you so much. I really appreciate yeah. it. Yes, well, thank you guys for having me on. I want you to know that we're thinking of you. I know it feels like we're all very far apart, but um, all of us who are working in the college or in the career center, you know, we're definitely thinking of you guys. Um, we want to make things as, as smooth for you as possible, even though we don't have much control either. Um, we're trying to help in any way that we can. So um, if we can ever help with anything, please let us know. We have a huge support system at the university. Um, so please know that whether that's your academic advisor or someone like me or someone in the career center um, There's a lot of people there. I know it's a little harder to, to get to us than normal, but you know, Just want the best for you all and want to help you through this transition as much as we can Yeah, thank you and we'll link for everyone listening out there We'll link all the resources to the career center and some of the things that Sharisha mentioned as well so that you guys have those but Thank you for listening, guys, and happy, have a great summer. Obviously, not what we planned for, but happy summer, everyone. And but thank you, everyone. This podcast is part of the Garnet Media Group Podcast Network. Garnet Media Group is a partnership between the student run media outlets at the University of South Carolina. Find out more about Garnet Media's group's podcast and other student work on garnetmedia.org.